held our joy assholes. You got something to say? Say it where I can hear it. It's time for the rules of acquisition. Alright, hello, and you are cordially invited to the rules of acquisition, a podcast where we will be going through every single episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, the greatest um, shipping series in all of fan dumb yes uh my name is wade bowen and with me as always is james nolan hey guys and hugh crawford good evening good evening and tonight we are talking about an episode called i said it before you are cordially invited yes this episode is episode seven of season six it originally aired November 10th, 1997, and here is the IMDb description. Suddenly desiring to wed within a week of, on DS9, Worf and Jadzia go, go through their own Klingon rituals. Worf on a four-day bachelor party with the male members of the crew, and Jadzia deals... Uh, see, full summary. Sorry. <laughs> uh, deals with her prospective mother-in-law who totally opposes the idea of a, quote... An alien, in quote, marrying into her Klingon household. Um, this episode, I watched it twice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And wasn't really here for it. I mean, I really don't have any really big gripes against it, other than it's just not what I want to see. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. This is for a certain type of Star Trek fan who, like, they're shipping, I think. Like, people that were, like, just waiting for... Deanna, Troy, and Riker to get together. And, and it wasn't even a ship. It was, it was like an arduous ordeal. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, it's the culmination. Like, And also, we've just finished a six-episode arc of heavy shit where the station's been taken over and the war's on. And it's like, I'm sure in the room, they're like, well, now we need a light episode. Yes, they're doing, you know, gritty Klingon shit, but it's a pretty... There's nothing dangerous really happening in this episode it's a fucking bachelor party and wedding episode right <sighs> well yeah but then why did it have to be so fucking arduous because they're klingons man <laughs> it felt, it felt. <laughs> no um i okay so there's like there's two minutes in this episode of like pure joy and it's the way that i guess jadzia but let's just say terry farrell was looking at the Rocky Mavia's brother, uh, fire <laughs> the, twirler, the fire like, dancer. Yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, that whole like she made me happy looking at that, and then Kira trying to look happy in those scenes made me happy. <laughs> well, uh, there was the Martok scene. I like the Martok. The Martok stuff, stuff was yeah. okay. There's I like Martok l- with his wife. I like the Martok telling Worf that <laughs> technically my wife doesn't like you either. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> She's a racist, Worf, and I'm a racist too. <laughs> yeah, we're Klingons. We're racist. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Where he's like, we're xenophobic. Like, 
we're xenophobic. Yeah. yeah. Are yeah. you new here? <laughs> Welcome to <laughs> right. the club. We conquer people. Yeah, we're you know we're Vikings. I like, like the daddy daughter scene between Cisco and her at the end. Oh yeah, I liked hungover Dax. Uh, that every- I thought she was good in that scene. Oh my god, Terry Farrell was the shining star of this she episode. Was. Everything she was. Everything that she said and did was great. Yeah. Everything else about it was was sure was a slog. I think sure uh, is fine. <laughs> that is the, the best approximation of this episode. I really don't have a problem with it. Sure, sure. <laughs> you do you know what I mean? I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. I have major problems with like a major element of this episode. All right, oh, okay. on oh, I know what I know exactly. What yeah, the Odo, the Odo Kira stuff is, is is atrocious and a crime against storytelling. I have a counterpoint to that, but oh, I have agree. the I have the how the blow by blow of how it went down on set. So, oh uh, shit. Okay, well, yeah. do we want to just jump into Are it? Are we talking then? about the all night talking stuff? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. Hey, we fixed all of our problems off screen. <laughs> yep. I think which is uh, <laughs> I, yeah. I I have some thoughts on. Okay. That. I think they did us. A surface. I did. we, didn't, we didn't have to. You're closer see. to my feelings on it, Hugh. Yeah. Uh. Okay. Okay. All right. We'll we'll get there. Yeah. Right. So I mean, it starts off. It's one week later to them retaking the station, and it's basically it's been the dark, heavy stuff, and then Cisco's creeping towards the edge of when I start to critique Cisco. Avery Brooks is acting. I think he's fine here, but he's all. Bright and effervescent and bubbly. Everybody's being happy because they're back on the station. Morning, Major. What's on the agenda? And Martok has been made the new supreme commander of the fleet, the Pictinkin, and then the Exeter. The Sutherland is a ship, and the Agaki are requesting resupply. The Fire Dancers from the Sutherland later. Yeah. Worf is still the chief intelligence officer for Martok. Yeah, and there's this great little moment where Martok almost touches uh, the baseball. Yes. Oh. Uh, and then she was like, I'm not going to, you know, he's not a man who's using used to checking himself, <laughs> but he does around Cisco, which is a little beat that I like. I didn't even catch that. I'm going to have to watch it a third time now. Just the cold. Open. Yeah. So that was nice. And then he's like, Worf wouldn't shut the fuck up about his wedding. Oh, I've never met anyone so single-minded. Yeah, um, here's the thing about that. Martok manages to make Worf seem a lot more interesting <laughs> than he has been all season in that one conversation. Yeah, I mean, well, Worf hasn't really been. I mean, this is the first real Worf, I guess. There was a scene where he wants to, like, where they, they play that little beat where he's he won't shut up about the whatever. The wedding, and then he wouldn't shut up about his son. Yeah. Who's got the heart of his father, but he's not really the best soldier. He's kind of a. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then they cut to Worf and Jadzia and Alexander, and he's like, "Yeah, I kept the pumps on, turned open the pumps while the check valves were open, and I burned all this plasma in here. It was hilarious." And Worf is just kind of like embarrassed because for his fail son. No, and- I think he likes the fail son now, right? He's yes, like, he's, he's kind of like that, that's over. Oh, that oh that Alexander. Oh, that yeah. oh yeah. you from yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like in the back, he he would still rather not have a fail son, but he's okay with it. Yeah, him. it's. I mean, he he's getting accustomed to the lifestyle of fail sons. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, uh, he he likes having yeah. a son around because when Alexander is like, oh, I'm being transferred to the Yavang with the rest of the Retarans. Worf is a little bummed out that his son is leaving. Uh, so much so that it puts a ticking time clock. It puts a little clock on the episode. Exactly. Yeah, because. Worf, being the traditionalist that he is, like, no, we have to get married on the home world. And Jadzia's like, 
let's just do it here so you can have <laughs> she coded says he might die alexander we might not see him yeah. again for a long time long time oh, yeah he might die alexander <laughs> yeah. might die so let's get this marriage done now right you know what's going to happen when your son meets a jim hadar and <laughs> that fucker's dead yeah so, so they that sets it into motion where they got to get married really fast Right. Be my Tai Weeon. It's a sword bearer, which is like a best man. Yeah. And then they have like the Kira and Dax where she's like, yeah, he's been planning his, his dream wedding since he was a boy. And, you know, I've been married five times with three trill ceremonies, three times as a woman and twice as a man. I'm kind of over it. Whatever. I don't give a fuck. We'll do the wedding however worth once. Oh, yeah, because Kira because Kira bumps her little nose in, and she's like... Right, right. Like, why is he making all the decisions? Yeah, I remember that. They're having a walk and talk down the hall, and then Odo scuttles away, and Dax is like, what the fuck's up with that, Kira? And Kira's like, I don't want to talk about it. We've been avoiding mm-hmm. each other since the... And, the and, and literally, literally, she's never going to talk about it. Right, well, <laughs> yeah. Not on screen. Yeah. Then they set up... O'Brien and Bashir as just two chuckle fucks this whole episode. It's like, oh, DS9 in springtime when the neutrinos are in blue. What a great day for a white wedding or whatever. Yeah. Like, okay. So, like, okay. So, this, 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 uh. The Four Nights of Kalhaya. Yeah. Okay. So, they, they go on this, like, hot couch adventure where they're like, <laughs> they, they do a bunch of dumb shit and it, it is dumb. Right. And it never elevates. Song and fellowship. And unbridled pleasures, but there's actually no pleasures involved. And then it's one of those things that I hate where it's just entered in to do like yuck yucks, but like they never like, I don't know, like you, you I don't know. It's a, a better script would elevated it to something where they actually are experiencing a thing, but it really, it is the most useless. Well, I think it was supposed to deepen the world of, of Klingon culture through yuck yucks. Right. I think that's the point. Of yeah. It. But yeah, it, I mean, it's definitely there for yuck. Yucks. But it never like lands. It would be nice if it could do both, you know, make you feel like you understood why, why, why this was important. And I don't know. I just thought it was just. <laughs> you don't like the yuck yucks. I get that. That's fine. I don't like. I don't know. And I love yuck yucks. I don't like just. I don't like like fucking three stooges bullshit. Like you can give me <laughs> humor. That's what I'm saying. Sounds like you don't like yuck yucks. <laughs> but you can. But give me give me a reason why you're doing it. At least I don't know. It seems like it wouldn't have been hard for O'Brien or somebody to have experienced something through the the experience that they didn't realize or. That one of these guys could. Yeah, I mean, this is like Sulu holding a puppy with a unicorn horn. It's goofy shit, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not that. Yeah, my, yeah. my, I guess, I guess y'all are into that more than me. I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's fine. It's fine. No, I mean, yeah. Sorry to shit on. I, I mean, you're right. I mean, I guess I'm saying that like Kira's bachelor party gave a lot of information about who Kira was. You mean and provided like a lot of uh, sort of a you know a revelatory experience. You mean Dex? That's what I meant, Dex, not Kira. But the, the, that's because we understand what a good bachelor party looks like, right? I just think that was there to be something, you know, just to put them in yuck yuck situations. And I, no, yeah, I don't think I learned anything about Worf. O'Brien, Bashir, Cisco, or Martok in any of those scenes. Fair, fair enough. Yeah, I don't know. You learn some Klingon shit, but yeah, mm. but actually, you learn more Klingon shit from Dax from the uh, from the Dax stuff, which is better. Yeah, 
Fair enough. Yeah. Yes. So then you meet my honey. What's her name? When did she come on there? My Cirilla. My, my stain tooth honey. Yes. Cirilla. Yeah. My lady. So she doesn't have fangs. I guess they don't give the women fangs. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, she's just got like a stained tooth. Oh yeah. I mean, she's been a she, she's been a boner jam of mine before. She was Thomas Riker's girlfriend on the Defi- when when they stole the Defiant. Oh okay. Uh, and she's the Romulan that helps the card and Nemesis that works against Tom Hardy in Nemesis. Oh. And huh. Tom Hardy tells her that he's going to rip her to shreds like a turd in the wind, <laughs> <laughs> rolling down the street. Yeah. Like a turd smoking in the wind, <laughs> like a turd. Oh boy! <laughs> no, uh, yeah. So no, that. So she's... oh shit! She even did an episode in 2009 of Numbers. Oh really? She's a num. Ooh, no, I don't, numbers. <laughs> Man, can she? Could she? Could she solve the David Grumholtz? Holy weight shit, issue? James! What? She played Pam's mom. Whoa! The first time, not the, the second time. time. The first time in the 2005. The first Pam's mom, yes. not the one that slept with Michael. Right. Oh. Pam had two moms in Was that a spoiler alert for you? No, I, I've watched... You know, damn it, James. No. <laughs> okay. I knew that's coming. I've, I've watched The Office off and on, and I'm okay. going through a re- rewatch now, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> but yes. She spoilers. Was uh, Michael sleeps with Pam's mom. Yes, she's Pam. Look at that. She was hot as Pam's mom. Yeah. She's been on Scandal, so she's in, she's in Shondaland. All right. She's getting work in Shondaland. She's in Modern Family. So she's a, she's a working actress working on good, not good, but, right. you know, popular shows. She's, yeah, you can understand that she's she's still working because she's good at doing TV stuff. She, and I to mean, be honest with you, I got to be fair, it doesn't look like her teeth are stained. So maybe that was an affect that they added for Cirilla. But, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. She's born in the same year as my mom. Yeah. Huh. So, that's weird. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, and then... I don't really know where to go with that. Because yeah. I want to talk about, yeah. like, I want to talk about... My bo- did that kill the boner? Maybe it did. What? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, uh, I haven't seen your mom in 20 years, so I don't know. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Daughter of Lynn Casa. Um, yeah. Um, I don't think I've seen. Yeah, I haven't seen your mom since the t- towers fell. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! I didn't see her that day either. But I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen your mom. That's weird that you were there that one day. That was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some might even count it as suspicious. You remember the man? Me, 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 and her was hanging out while the towers. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this episode took a dark turn. Dude. Oh, I remember exactly where I was. It was the one time I ever got. <laughs> anyway, um. Anyways, I was gonna let you finish that joke, but then you didn't. No, I I didn't know it, <laughs> it wasn't worth finishing. Ah, uh, yeah, no. Uh, she calls her husband fat. She's like. You're fat. I thought you'd be dead by now. And he's like, what a magnificent lady, isn't she? Magnificent, isn't she? Yeah. And I mean, and, and it, it seems to me that maybe like uh, Martok uh, doesn't, isn't a good lover because she doesn't like fucking him. So like Martok needs to learn some other things maybe. Uh, but maybe she's just not. I'll take him aside. Yeah, see, I might go the other way. Maybe like, the tongue, the Klingon alphabet. I don't know. Maybe that's the way to go. Maybe she's just a Klingon woman that doesn't like sex that much. Like there's He's, a lot of reasons. He doesn't go down on her. 
but he's he's a Klingon dwarf. We are Klingon men. Now he said, "Was it DJ Khaled?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that's what I was looking for. He's yeah. the DJ Khaled type. Um, like, uh, but yeah, no. Uh, she does not share my bed as much as I would like, but she's pretty great, huh? Yeah, she's <laughs> that cold, severe woman that always uh, gives me, gives me, gives me. She, uh, she, she works for you. Yeah. Uh-huh. And and she gets she gets laid out with like a roundhouse punch. It's great. Oh yeah, <laughs> but by a woman, so it's not problematic. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, uh, Dax has the Varhama candles that are replicated, and Worf is like, "You didn't replicate it," and she's like, "Chill out. She's not gonna be. She's not gonna mind that I didn't go to the home world, kill three targs." Ritually sacrifice them at dawn, boil those shoulders down in the tallow, wait two days and spend two days molding them by my own hand. And he's like, oh, okay, fine. Then Cyrilla comes in here. He's like, she's like, what the fuck is this replicated candle bullshit? Yeah. Is this whole plot line between Cyrilla and Jensia Dex, is it quaint now? Like, because the whole time I was like, how many times do you see this on television anymore? It seems like culturally, and especially on television, but just in cultural in general, in my life and the people around me, like this kind of like deference to family tradition, or like like I'm sure this still exists in really Christian households, but like I don't know, this just seems like fucking Jed Zia needs to tell everybody to go fuck off. Yep. Well, she. She kind of does later on. They kind of have a conversation about that, too, don't they? About how they're like, why don't we just tell everybody, like, why don't, I don't want to do this bullshit. Why don't we go? Yeah, and then, and he's, and he's because I've dedicated my life to the, to cling on Christ. And she goes, okay. And then, like, eventually the whole point is she needs to get over it and then go to pretend like uh, she gives a shit. Yeah, she, it's. And there's something, I'm not, I'm not criticizing it, but it just seems like that's a very quaint story to tell. Like, it's almost, it's like when we were kids and we would watch Donna Reed bullshit. I wonder if, like, kids watch that now. It just it seems like, why would, why would she give a shit what this fucking bitch she's never met has to say about anything? Well, I mean, it's kind of the trip. Oh my God, your mother in law hates me. Yeah, I just, and in this aspect, it's refreshing that she honestly she she cares a little bit, but she, she tells Cyrilla to fuck off pretty quickly. Oh, like, yeah, glor- you know? I mean, gloriously, but that's the which is on un- which. But that's her hubris. That's her mistake, right? And that she has to atone for that to move forward because it's important to Worf, and she needs to sacrifice those things to Worf. Sure, I'm not even saying it's a bad story. I'm not criticizing it. It just seems like it's uh, it's now in like the du- it's the kind of story that's in the dustbin to history. Right. Like you don't see that a lot anymore. Nowadays, the story would be like Worf. You need to realize that man up and go tell your mother, your adopted mother or whatever, that you love Jadzia, and if she doesn't accept that, then she can go fuck herself. Mm-hmm. And then the mom's going to be like, oh, I come around. It, it's going to be Crazy Rich Asians, which a movie I saw last week. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen that. But like, um, <laughs> yeah, like, but just in general, our culture now seems to be, especially American culture over the last 20 years, seems to be about like not conforming to some other culture, but like every family gets to make their own. Right. So that would have been the theme Someone who would have went to Worf and said, Worf, if you love this woman, you're the bullshit Klingon horseshit that you've like fallen in love with and overly romanticized your whole life is unimportant and meaningless. If you want to be with this woman, you will be with her the way she wants to be. Right. 
Yeah, and it kind of it flips. It's the flip side. It's the yeah. inverse of that. Yeah, so yeah. it's something about it just seemed old fashioned to me. Right. Yeah. Not necessarily in a bad way. I don't know because I mean I, the scene where Cisco tells her to whatever. You're 356 years old. Just, act like it. Just fake it, <laughs> or just fake it. You know, just go fucking tell this old bit. Tell this. Tell this severe old uh, stained tooth bitch. Uh, whatever she wants to hear and and move on. See, I didn't see it like that. I just saw it as like that is what he's telling her. You knew this was that's what he's telling her. Well, he's not saying that. Uh, yeah, he's, he's saying no, like he's, move he's say- on because you it won't matter like past this moment. Yeah, right? just tell her some bullshit. Apologize. Swallow your pride. Tell her some bullshit. Fake it, and then like get what yeah, you want. Well, I didn't. I don't see the. I don't see the fake it part. It's like this is. You know who Worf is. You knew you were going to have to do this. Yeah, so do yeah. the thing that you knew you were going to have to do. He's not saying fake it. He's saying you know that you're going to have to go and grovel for forgiveness here. You knew from because the minute you said like, yes well, that you're going to have to do this. That's faking it because she doesn't legitimately feel well, like she's, it's not she wronged it. it's just, Cirilla. Sure, but the way he sells it is... Mm, where this is another distinction without a difference. Yeah, exactly. That's what we're doing here. Yeah, I, I don't see that he's saying fake it. He's just saying do the thing that you knew you were going to have to do. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess my point was that it wasn't about getting her to feel contrition about what she did oh yeah so it's just like this is the bed you made sleep in it kind of thing yeah this is the person you feel in love with you know he's not gonna bend you knew what the game was when you get jumped into it so don't try to change the rules now so i mean yeah it just seems so it was i mean it was it was fine it just like you know i don't know i've (laughs) sure it's the thing that I've been talking about lately about, you know, wanting to feel and see and experience new things. And so that that was but that's not I mean, this is 30 year old, 20 year, five year old show. So that, that's fine. Sure. It wasn't exciting to watch, though, except when she punched her. Yeah. And when Cirilla called her a slut, that was fun. Oh, yeah. Like, uh... <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you're in for it now, Cirilla. They put a fire in old KV. They had the bachelor party. That's just played for yucks. There's Mastakas where everybody gets sticks at the end of the ceremony. You get to beat the shit out of Worf. Mm-hmm. Um, Kalis and Lucara were nearly killed by Molor's troops afterwards. That's why they beat the shit out of them. Yeah, there's six trials, fasting. They don't get to eat, blood, pain, sacrifice, anguish, and death. And then Julian's like, yep, sounds like marriage too to me. And O'Brien's like, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, um, that was a, that was also quaint. Like, hey, bitches be nagging. And I was, yeah, yeah. It did smack of that a little bit, didn't it? Yeah. It. Yeah. That's that's kind of. Or here we have yeah. our our snooty bachelor who thinks he knows. Yeah. Right. 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 Uh, Jake sold his first book. Oh, I sold a book, and Cork's like, "How much you get for it?" And he's like, "Well, we." Nothing. It's a bigger speech. Yeah, okay. But he sold a book about living under dominion rule. So you, what you were saying was he was an idiot for, for going behind the lines and doing it. Oh. It paid off, I guess. <laughs> paid off. Uh, he got a whole bunch of well, nothing. The same, so the same people that are <laughs> Well, the same people that are. Yeah, I, I guess. I, I guess it's a, a killing fields type book, maybe. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> right so that would Quark be has a first round the drinks are on me as a figure so i still think he wasn't okay first off okay, okay. i'm just gonna like okay <laughs> i don't know how to fix this problem because it's a cheap old show but like it does during the entire scene during the entire dominion occupation of deep space nine because half the set was offset 
it just seemed like five people were on the ship. It was like a mall. It was like a cl- a mall at closing time or something. <laughs> so I don't know what stories he was telling because he wasn't in the room for any major events that were going on. So he was part of the resistance, dude. Okay, so we saw those four scenes. Oh, it's, <laughs> oh, it's it's nothing we saw that he wrote the books about. I'm sure. I, <laughs> I know. I'm just saying that like he's like about the lives and times of the station under occupation, but there's not. First off, it ended like four days ago, so he's a fast fucking writer. But second off, it... Uh, <laughs> a whole uh, week, seven. But, no, he sold yeah. the pitch, right? I mean... He, right, right, I think right. He, maybe. Okay, that, that would he's, be fine. He wrote, that would stories, be fine. he wrote all these stories while he was under the occupation. I, and then I guess I'm saying that there wasn't anybody on the ship to write about it, it felt like. So okay. it felt like not much was going on during, uh, during the occupation. I'll say what I've learned from this episode is there's a lot that goes on that you might not see on screen. I know, but Whole it, it things is... that go on, and that's fine. I think that's fine. Oh, sure. I just <laughs> felt like it doesn't feel like a busy place. So then to say stories about like the hustle and bustle of of life under occupation, I, I don't know. I pictured like oh, it's like because Quarks had two people in it, like as opposed to six people on normal scenes. So that that was my my point. Was it just feels like not much is going on on the ship during the occupation anyway because it doesn't feel busy yeah but i don't know what to do i'm that's me overthinking it it's fine that he's i'm glad jake <laughs> sold a book i'm glad a fictional guy sold a fictional book <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah the calhaya the refrain they keep coming to is like, it's a klingon bachelor party use your imagination it's got to be debaucherous and shit and like no it basically sucks but everybody thinks it's crazy uh, mm. they sing a song Oh, that go! I wrote so much Klingon down, guys. Toleto et Dolce Ma. I'm gonna keep singing until y'all have some fun. Da uwaka ish topa de hari. Na bosh. Ah, man. Three times. James, you're gonna put a sick beat behind that, right? I am. I am. I'll put some trend to it. Quiet for as long as possible. Yeah. I'm fixing to I'm fixing to add a third verse to Kanye and Lil Pump's uh, <laughs> "Such a Fucking Ho, I Love It" song. Ah, <laughs> uh, Coleman shot. Oh, and then and I'll then Photoshop Worf's head on top of a Roblox body dancing down the. Oh yeah, that would be nice. And instead of the chains, he's got the sash. Yes. <laughs> like, but he's still wearing nah, Kanye's slip, bat slippers. Yes. Oh yeah, you gotta leave those in. Yes. <laughs> Oh, um, yeah. And then Jack Dax is holding up some buckets. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was nice, too. Yeah. Like, did you get a ticket to the gun show? Because Dax did. Yeah. She, she's <laughs> care for hell, man. She's uh, got some, yeah. Linda Hamilton Terminator guns there. Yeah. She had some nice arms. Uh, you got to be pretty ripped if you're going to go to on Becker. I think that's. <laughs> 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 Ted Danson's big on upper body straight. That's right. <laughs> and then, yeah, like, oh, you wouldn't do this to any if I were a Klingon. It's like, if you're a Klingon, you would have done it right the first time. And Komash Kales. Koma Kales. Koma. Yeah, she says that a few times. And then <laughs> the history lesson is where she's kind of a first step of her or second step of her kind of getting back at Sorella because she has to recite the full matrilineal line of Sorella's house. And then we get like in the second dynasty and ended with General Catrellan assassinated the emperor Reclaw. And then there's a 10 years of council. And then Dax is like, well, you know, 
the actual history is that the line was ended for 10 years and you think you're this big queen, but really you're a whore for from a concubine from the stables is your grandmother. Your history is fake news. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chirella doesn't like that very much. It's like, that's not the official line. And it's like, I just thought you might like to know. And she's like, yeah. So they're not getting along. Oh, and then we get to Dax's bachelor party. The fun part. The fun scene in this episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she can, uh, she can have a good time. It looked fun. Dak, uh, I think Quark admitted to being in love with Dax. Yeah, yeah. Jake is like, saying, hey, what's going on? I was, like, I was like, oh, she's too good for him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, so you got a thing for her. I was like, oh, there's no profit in jealousy. He's like, well, so you're not saying no. Like, oh, go <laughs> fuck off. Then it cuts to Tweedledee and Tweedledum are hanging from a rope over a fire. And like, I've had a vision of the f- future, Julian. I'm going to kill Worf. Yeah. I'm, go- I'm going to kill Worf. And actually... I thought Julian's little silly, I'm going to kill Worf, was fine. It was played for yucks. Yeah, and then he poked him in the eye, and then they, they threw a pie into a dowager's uh, bosoms or something. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Basically. Mm-hmm. They, they, yeah, yep, yep. Uh, that happened. And then Nog is doing the, the, the scare dance, the Ferengi, like, boo. That's how they dance at that dump, the... <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. At the bachelor party. Yeah, I like all that. And then they, we, we're gonna be pretending to be monsters. I guess they, that's how people dance in the future. Dumbly. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know what to do about that. Yeah, that, that was pretty hard. Um, <laughs> yeah. I guess this is when the Odo shit starts. Uh, yeah, then Odo comes in to crash the party, and Kira's like, I, "I'm the guy. I'm the lady that's in charge of the station. So uh, fuck off." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> And then, like, we need to talk, and they they go off to talk, off screen. Yeah, it pays off, like, m- several minutes later after several right. other pitched emotional scenes where you find out that they've been, I guess, talking for 12 hours or some shit. Like, Yeah, a long time. They got a lot of, to talk about. Okay, so... Cirilla comes back in first. Oh, Cirilla comes to the party and then, and then calls her a slut and then yeah. pulls a knife <laughs> Yeah, right. that that was cool. And Dex beats the shit out. Dex of- is talking to Manuel, the fire dancer, and he's like, "Listen, like, like seriously, she was drunk, and and I mean, and like, potentially, I, I really thought that if this party went further, she would have fucked that guy." Oh, she <laughs> says, "Like, I need you to do me a favor, give me something to look out," and he's like, "Anything else? I'll let you know." Yeah, you- she's clearly going to fuck. Yeah, I don't know if Dex has never. Has never uh, f- uh, met Poly- Polynesian men or something. Yeah, that's that's, she was very, <laughs> she's she was like, very interested. This is my last night of freedom here. I'm gonna, you know, yes. the future. And he's in. A, I mean, it's a little weird because he's in a grass. I mean, he's in a full. Yeah, he's in a grass skirt, and he's uh, that character he's, shows up in the Star Trek Destiny trilogy book. So, so. <laughs> I'm sure he does. Manuele, a talk from the. And it, he, it's he strikingly looks like uh, the Rock. From that same time period. <laughs> I said the same thing. Like, wait, is The Rock in this one? No, The Rock is on the Voyager episode. Yes, um, but I mean, it looks but, a lot like The Rock. It does. He is not related to The Rock at all. No. He is still a working actor, though. Oh. He was on uh, Hawaii Five O. Did he voice anybody in Moana? <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't think he was that big. <laughs> I mean, not the... He didn't get The Rock's role, clearly. No, no, no. Or 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 Jermaine Clement's role or... Oh, yeah. I never saw. But they offered a Tekiwatiti, and he turned it down because he doesn't want to do token Polynesian things. 
Oh, good for him. But his friend Jermaine Clement did. So. <laughs> like, I got no qualms. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. She, she comes in there and says, I will cut your head off and hang it from my belt, which I thought was a pretty good line. <laughs> that is fun. Everything about the, the, the interaction between those two characters, that was, that was fun stuff. Right. It is time for the brain on ritual. I'm busy, busy acting like a rising slut. It's another line. <laughs> yeah, that all of that yeah. was great. To rock doll, and she punches her. Ladies, please, Rom said. Nog says. Nog. Octavor, cash. Ladies, please. Then actual hungover Dax. Uh, the Rock wakes up on a literal hot couch in the form of Morn. <laughs> right. <laughs> So more uh, it's ten thirty guys, get out. Wrong door. Yeah, and I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't think you're supposed to think they fucked. <laughs> no, but I think they fucked. Morn and Manuel, or Morn and Dax, or Morn are the all, Polynesian all for, like three, like you know, like a two hander. Sure, sure. Uh, three hander. <laughs> Look, I'm used to two. I'm used to two dicks at a time. I need both of you. <laughs> well, we don't know what Morn's got going on. Uh, well, well, yeah. So <laughs> there's at least two dicks. I don't know. Just talking Klingons, right? Hey. So then they leave and Worf sees, because you have this weird moment where Worf sees, you know, this man. I mean, more. Uh, Worf sees more, but he also sees this uh, more attractive, sexually, man leaving her apartment in a grass skirt and nothing else. And Yeah. And oiled. He's pretty oiled at that moment. Uh, Yeah. And so that's a that's a fun little wharf reaction. But then, right. yeah, so then they get in a fight. Manuele's reaction was the one like, oh, shit, wharf is going to fucking kill me. Yeah, yeah. They all have yeah. appropriate. Uh, everybody has appropriate <laughs> three yeah. stooges reactions. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. And then they get in a fight and then they find that Odo's been in the closet with Kira. Right. So let's- but then I, I have to say, I like hungover Dax where she's just putting her hand up. Mm. That scene I actually like, too, with her being like, Look, I can't deal with this shit. And he's like, "We need to talk." It's like, "Fuck off, man! I'm hungover." Also, I know this was made in 1997 when we thought the coffee was supposed to be what you drink when you're hungover. But the fact that she didn't order Pedialyte was a like a mist of a nice joke because <laughs> she should have just said Pedialyte and it would have made Pedialyte show up. <laughs> a double Ractagino extra sweet is what she drinks. That's what all the professional alcoholics drink the next morning. Okay, that's how we. Well, really who knows what's in a Ractagino, right? It could be electrolytes. You guess you're right. Sure, sure. She pulled a knife uh, on me. She says, "All right, let's talk about this Odo shit. Come on, come on. Let's talk about it." I'm oh, sorry. I just, I just wanted to talk how much I love that hungover Dax. But you're right. She is great. The Odo and Kira in a closet. So the culmination of everything that Odo's character has been going through over the last three years is basically just swept aside in a moment, and they don't even bother to fucking deal with it with you as an audience member. So it is possibly the biggest fuck you I've I've ever seen. <laughs> In serialized television. Well, it moves the... So it, you think at this point that Kira and Dax are together? Is that what you're saying? Not, I'm saying that if you gave a shit, why are they doing this if fans don't give a shit? And if you give... And, like, if they were successful and, and they didn't make any any of us three give a shit... But they're but not like, But they're not together. They're just over-avoiding each other, right? Yeah, exactly. No, well, yes, and then the next episode they're not together because we know how they get together they're not together no i know i know that but i'm saying that next episode spoiler she's with somebody else right they've just not gotten over their issues they just got over the 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 issues that whenever they said why don't we and it puts them on the path of love because
because of the next issue, she's like, why don't you invite Odo on this double date? And she's like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready for that. So it starts that back up. It restarts. I mean, I won't argue that it doesn't put them on the path. It just all does is what it doesn't do. It doesn't, like, clean up three years worth of shit. It just gets them talking after not talking, you know, after they're falling out from the story arc that we just went. It excuses everything that he did during the the six-episode arc. Yes, that, I will buy that. They got over their bullshit with him being a collaborator and, you know, the Great Link bullshit Mm -hmm. um, off screen. It's all off screen, too, right? Like they don't eat right. Yeah, yeah. They, we don't even know how they. They're reached. avoiding each other. They talk. We don't hear a they, word they say. In well, the we don't actually know how any of this. Yeah, yeah I mean, you right. don't even see like clips or. They, yeah, they don't even give you a taste of it. It's just right. Which for me is why that scene works. I think it's a genius shorthand. I think that's less not genius. That's lame. Well, it's not genius, but I think it's an effective shorthand to do shit that they can't pull off, and you just have to trust. It's like Ronald D. Moore says, it's the worst thing he's ever wrote. What? Yeah, yeah. He says it's the worst. It's his least. It's the beat that he hates the most. Iris Stephen Bear hates it. They all hate it? Yeah, oh God. Yeah. Why wouldn't they? But I don't, only Wade likes it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't love it, but I'm just fine with it. <laughs> so what ended up happening? Ronald D. Moore had pitched, had it, I guess, on the board or for whatever, whatever, on the cork board, that the rest of the season... Pretty rapidly on, Odo would get more and more increasingly isolated from the cast. In fact, he would state in either either in this, I think in this episode, like at the bachelor party, he was going to state that since none of you or all of you are treating me like outcasts, all of you are avoiding me. Um, everybody thinks I'm a traitor. And so I will do my job here. I'm staying with you guys. I'm not going to turn. I'm not going to leave. But I'm going to isolate myself from anybody and you know i'm i'm going to be shut off and you're going to be shut off and there'll be whole episodes about him exploring where you know he said goodbye you know he betrayed his his goo family to be with a solid family but his solid family doesn't like him anymore because of the particulars he had with the goo family and so they were going to start exploring that through the whole season and renee abergenois was obviously like not into that. So he goes up, he pulls, he, you know, he, he big times, uh, Ronald E. Moore, who's in the middle of the script. And Rene Abergenois was just like, where are you going with this? Why are you do, are you writing me off the show? Am I a bad guy? Like, what are you doing? And Ronald E. Moore had the worst answer. He was like, I haven't thought of it yet. <laughs> oh, uh, and so he uh, lost that <laughs> argument and so then in the middle of filming the episode uh-huh they had to retcon the whole thing Ooh. oh boy does it show yes <laughs> yeah so, okay yeah. well you know what <laughs> all right you win this one because that sound that does sound better than what they do <laughs> yeah yeah so i mean like that was that was been what i've been screaming is that these necessarily Oh, they, yeah, it's a completely aimless, right? Yes. Yeah. This is a rudderless thing that we that they've been dealing with. Yeah, like the whole time I was like him betraying them and everything. I was like, I mean, it's going places. Like that's a definitive movement, and then you 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 act like there's nothing there. Like that's that's some empty shit. And so, uh, like, you have to know what you're doing when you do that. And I guess they had an idea, but they didn't clear it with Bernier-Abergenois, and they didn't pitch it like so uh, huh. yeah so you get this nothing and literally uh, odo 
they go the path of least resistance going forward and uh ship yeah one that no one wants yeah okay literally i don't i mean i don't know anyone that's that's excited about this nobody in retrospect but you know what who probably loved it oh i'm about to start shitting on discovery fans never mind i'll stop <laughs> oh discovery mm. the people that will love whatever discovery does are probably you know what i'm gonna stop because i don't want to <laughs> I don't, James. I rely on you being the people to piss off the listeners. I know, I know. I don't. I, I don't want to be the one telling them they're, they're, they're I, wrong. And stuff. I, yeah, I don't, I'm not. I mean, I, I in this, I'm almost an advocate for the fans. You know, like I mean, like if you're going to give them what I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I, uh, so if you're going to do this, you don't fucking do it in the closet and then don't spend any time doing it. You know, it's the worst cheat because it, it's not a small thing either. Like one cheat would just be to have them, you know, whatever, just cut the scene and have it pushed off to the next episode where you got to, un- but they don't, they just deal with it off screen. Yeah. I mean, my, my advocating was like, you know, it works about, cause I, and you know, it's kind of a dick move on my part. It's like, because I don't trust them to pull it off. Well, I'm okay with them just hand waving it away, which is what the closet scene does. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's an unconventional choice. <laughs> it's uh Well they I mean that's the thing. Is you're supposed to show don't tell and they didn't either. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's the real problem though, right? <laughs> it's like yes. you didn't even do one thing poorly. You just didn't do it. It's But it's not like I mean you're right. You didn't do anything worth that you would call a story point. But you also made it to where you can't fix it next week, you know? Or, or, or maybe it's, it's like a nothing. So it really, how can nothing be a problem? It's still nothing. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> right. You can't prove a negative. James. I mean, and they're not even doing anything bold, like where the next week's episode would just be the entire conversation that they had, like an hour, like a David Mamet play. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> like, just two people yelling at each other and un- unpacking. Or that, like, bullshit. one episode, that one episode of uh, Horse and Pete, where you have the Laurie Metcalf character, like, the camera's just oh, on yeah. her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you just have the camera just on Kira, and she's like, listen, when you fuck that goo person, <laughs> you left this, yeah, and then they just, and it's just her talking um no. i wonder if that that horse and pete episode was so pivotal to me but now that you go back at it it's about masturbating in front of someone who may not be into it right yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> ouch. yeah. Oh, that's a that's a bonus podcast i think uh, <laughs> anyways horse um, and pete now would be like an interesting episode oh yeah yeah, right. like every, well, I don't know. And maybe we'll get to it on the Patreon <laughs> at some point. Yeah. So give us money for that. <laughs> um. Anyways, yeah. At the end of the after Karen Odo leave, Dax is like, "Fuck it, man. I'm hungover. I don't give a shit about your fucking adopted stepmom. Let's just go down to the courthouse and have Cisco marry us. Mm-hmm. And fine. I know you're on a spiritual journey, but I just want to get married." And yeah, she, she said, I'm going to sit here and take a nap and you're going to do whatever you're going to have to do. <laughs> right. And then we can meet in Cisco's office. <laughs> like, yeah. There is this aspect of the relationship that is extremely like real and adult uh-huh. that you don't get to see too much on TV and especially too much on TV at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you see two adults on TV, it's always full of conflicts, but they have a lot of moments 
that it's just real. Like one person's got a problem and I just need to be a person right now. Yeah. Not a person who's going to be, well, I just need to be a person right now. I just need to sit down and like take care of my hangover and shit. And you're going to do what you got to do. That's a very real and adult thing that could happen in a real relationship. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Which is why I think maybe Pelly's into why I feel like it, it's kind of an old-fashioned plot point is because it seems like Dax is progressed beyond the point of... Well, it's, I mean, okay, he's a spirit, like, it kind of gets down in that, this kind of scene where it's like, look, I know you're a spiritual person and mm-hmm. your faith is very important to you, and I'm cool with that, that's fine. I'm not. I don't give a shit. So let's just like, <laughs> I'm at my wit's end right now. So let's. We'll but if just... you make me go apologizing to that woman who called me a whore. Yeah, I'm. Like... I'm honestly. I'm in a almost similar state. I'm engaged to somebody who is less spiritual than I am. Disinterested in your rich. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not super religious, but I'm a little bit, and she's not at all. And so, you know, I'm con- I'm actually having a similar fight about wedding shit about where, you know, I would prefer to have a big party at least. And she's like, I don't want to have any of this. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. That's maybe that's something I related to in this episode. Did you just out yourself as engaged on the podcast? Oh, I guess I guess I did. Oh man, oh, shit. <laughs> there's gonna be tons of fans tearing up their Wade posters. Broken heart. Yeah. Lots of broken hearts. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, man. everybody. Ladies, uh, oh, man. some gentlemen, I'm sorry. <laughs> the ton of Tiger Beat covers with Wade on him. We're just going to get thrown. No, he's married. <laughs> like, what was the, didn't they have to put that under John Lennon's picture during the British invasion? And they would always like have to put under the television, girls, he's married or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I, I get that. And I get that that's a conflict. And Yeah, I mean, and normally in most media today, they'd be like, fuck this guy, he needs to get over it, and you're the mm-hmm. woman, you can do whatever you want. But that's not really how it works in 1997, I yeah. guess. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, and we are in like this, I mean, you you aside, we are sort of at a low point in spirituality in America and just from, you know, statistics and stuff like that. So, Oh, yeah. It yeah. seems like it's just a thing that nobody's catering to anymore, so it does seem older in that regard. Right. Not a bad thing. But then when she's like, let's just go to City Hall or Cisco's office... Worf is like, oh, that's how you feel? Well, fuck it. The wedding is off. Yeah. And they go to the Quark's bar where they're taking the, the wedding banner down. And, and O'Brien, and yeah, they order a comical amount of food. Right, because they've been fasting for four days. And, you know, and then it's like, well, what's the problem? Like, well, one, he's a religious, or he's a stick in the mud. And then two, she's a libertine. And, and you see the problem or whatever. And then. O'Brien is like, oh, I see the problem. They're both right. Yeah. And then Martok goes in and has to give Worf the Worf, you done fucked up speech. You're not going to do better. What do you fuck? Go go get her back on board. And he's like, shit, you're right. And he goes back and he comes back. He's like, oh, she's still pissed at me. The wedding's still off. Yeah. And notice this isn't uh, played out in scenes between the principal characters, but all just by a group of yuck yucks hanging out in a bar, like waiting for people to come in and tell them what happened. <laughs> right, they got a they got a forty two minute runtime or whatever. They got yeah, that's true. And then when he comes back, it's like she's not having it. Then Cisco has a well, fuck it out. Let me go talk to her. Yeah, and that scene is they they do show it. It's pretty good. 
she's a prideful mercurial woman who rarely oh no that that was that was martok it's like look man we can't help who we fall in love with you think i was happy thinking i was gonna fall in love with my wife she's a she is a prideful arrogant mercurial woman who rarely fucks me you know or shares my bed yeah i can't get enough yeah, of she that shares my, he does it in like this like almost poetic way she shares my bed far less than i want yeah. but he shares my bed far too infrequently for my taste right he's given like some it's like this is shakespeare let me give my shakespearean lines yeah and yeah and then honor honor is little comfort for a man alone he gives a whole thing about klingons which is different than what you hear from most klingons about honor like yeah honor doesn't mean shit if you don't have anybody to share it with. And then, yeah, the Cisco gives the speech about like, look, you're not Curzon, old man. I know you think you negotiated the Kitamura Accords, but you didn't do that. Curzon did. And you're 356 years old and have seven lifetimes at your age. You know what the, yeah, we've talked about this scene, like, and you still lead with your heart. That's what I like about you. And it it's mm. a good scene. Cause it, it also redefines, it solidifies Jadzia Dax and the Dax character and what's great about her that she, she's that old. She's lived, has that all that experience, but she's a character that still leads with her heart. There is a bit of like in that, a fight between her and Benjamin where at first he goes, you're not, you're not 350 years old. You're a 24 year old girl. You know, he gives her that. And then later on, he, he, he's like, he's arguing both. I'm, he's like me. He's arguing whatever way I'll win the argument. Cause at one point he goes, <laughs> you're 350 years old. You know better than that. <laughs> right. 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 Like, like he argues both sides of it. So yeah, uh, she doesn't call him. on. She's that. like, you're right. I'll go beg and do the thing I know I have to do. And if this were a uh, streaming show or HBO, there'd probably be another scene here where she goes back to Sorella, but there's not. They just jump to the wedding. Yeah. You get your resolution with Sorella at the wedding, I guess. Right. You get your Ren Faire Klingon garb, Mm -hmm. which that's something I was going to bring up. I don't necessarily like the uh, costuming choices that... Is now what if you go to a Star Trek convention, you see women with hair down to their ankles in these big Jadzia boob dresses speaking Klingon to each other, which is fine. I, I, yeah, but it it doesn't. There is a lot of Jadzia boob in that. Yeah, it's kind of dated. Like if they were to do an updated thing with the Klingons, they would not look like that. I know because of political correctness, just like with Shira. <laughs> oh, sure, yeah, yeah that's it. that USC school of animation. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, it's gonna make her look manish. They didn't have any boob windows in Discovery. Oh no, everything everything was all buttoned up collar, right? Yeah, it was all corsets. Game of yeah, Thrones. Yeah, Laurel had to. I mean, you you do see her tits, but you don't see yeah, her so, tits. Right. <laughs> no, she's got like weird HR Geiger boobs. There, there you go. <laughs> but you don't see it in a you don't see it in her outfit, which is like a like a Michelin man like cosplay. It's all right. I mean, I I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I, yeah, I I could see that. Yeah, it's the, fine. I like that they wear crowns. That was fun. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. And you get a bit of Klingon history of how, I mean, it's a ritual and ceremony. It's kind of, they, they always make reference to that the Klingons killed their gods. Mm-hmm. And then, but the ceremony that Sorella is the officiant of kind of goes through like this sappy, like there was one heart beating, beating, beating so strong. And then the gods created another heart because this heart didn't have anybody to share it with. And then... 
the, the second heart was tempered by wisdom and they fought and then they learned that they were stronger and then these two hearts beating as one great Yola Tingo album it is I can hear the heart beating as one the best Yola Tingo album yep. and then those two hearts realized how strong they were together and then they went and killed the gods so that's a bit of uh, old Klingon lore that they've alluded to and apparently it's all about love or something but okay yeah I, I didn't pay attention because I was bored <laughs> but but you did and that, that was good that was um, yeah I was writing down all the Klingons so shit. like it's not like this is the first time it's not like Kalis right uh no this is because Kalis is just a great warrior right Kalis married Lucara yeah yeah and that's and who he's before talking about. Th- that's part of it he seems to be saying that there's like some pre-er Kalis Shit. Yeah, there's before that, it's just kind of even more mythic, kind of like creation myth kind of stuff about the gods created a heart that beat so strongly and then it needed another heart. Mm. And then those two hearts beat so strongly and realized how strong they were that they went and killed the gods because they were so strong. And that's how the Klingons killed their gods, mm. which is something that gets referred to a lot when you talk about Klingons. But then also. There's also the Klingon lore. The wedding has a bit of Kalis and Lucara built into it because after Kalis and Lucara got married, Molor sent all his troops after him and beat the shit out of them. They would hit him with pumpkin on a stick. Right. Well, so. yeah. It's 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 a it's a ritual. It's blah blah blah. Mortok says or whatever. It's not supposed to kill it, but yeah, that's why you get to beat the shit out of bride and groom at the end of a wedding. Mm-hmm. That's how the episode ends. Is uh, Julian's like. Can I can I go now, Martok? Can I go now? He's like, no, not now, not yet. Yeah, that's. She the says, beat. "Welcome to House of Marta, my daughter." And then now, and then then you hear, and we have a good laugh, and the episode's over. What? Uh, any final thoughts before we get into our rewatch a meter? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I think. I think. How I you think, feel about I that think ending? That, um, uh, I I think that this is going to start a few episodes of. Me going, I don't know, man. <laughs> what would you guys... Well, all right, so give me a number. What's your rewatch number then? Huh? Okay. Oh, I'm just... I was trying to just get your feelings about how you felt about the ending. I felt like it was... It cut over the, the forgiveness scene, and, and it was kind of dopey, but... Yeah, I, that's kind of how I felt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is... Yeah, okay. I think we're pretty much all on the same page on the ending of this, so... Yeah, that's why I um, it had some good lore in it. But yeah. A number. Okay, so what do I like? I like I like her bachelor party. I like when she punches her. I like I like Cirilla in general, but I am uh, like a three because this. I mean, oh man, this this episode gets so much shit wrong. <laughs> just from like, and a, it's antiquated all... as well. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's it's like yeah it, it. Yeah, I was gonna give it a three as well. You stole my number. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I I really thought long and hard about where I'd put this, and I came up with a three based off of you know it's not so low that if it was on at the card like while I was getting my oil changed that I wouldn't like watch it with the captions on. Yeah, because there are some good good moments, but yeah, it's probably a three for me. What about you, Wade? What what do you put it? Uh, I put it at like a. I enjoyed it fine enough for what it was, but I, I mean, I'd put it at a four or five, five, probably five. Like, I think it. Yeah. Which is low for me. It is the lowest uh, you've had this season was sons and daughters with, uh, we had that as a four on your rewatch. Yeah. I'd watch it before I watched sons. and. Da- okay. All right. That, that's good. You know, like it's not really the thing that interests me about 
Star Trek. Deep Space Nine, but at the same time, I feel like, oh, this is a consequential episode because it's where they get married. But it's like, it's not an exciting or doesn't have much to do with the Dominion War or the shit that I really care about in Deep Space Nine. But from a fan perspective, it feels important because it's like the culmination of the warship. I I actually, I'm going to go a little bit different. I actually think they bought something I'm interested in. I feel like I'm bought into the Jadzia Wharf relationship and they had to work really hard to make me like as irritatingly disinterested as I was in this episode. So, yeah, I mean, it's I don't a know fluff that. episode. Well, it's not let's, like let's get to the. It's not one to drive the plot forward. It's one for like, hey, fans, we know you love this, and it's so here. But you I guess go. I'm saying I am a fan of this couple, and I yeah yeah they could have they could have catered to me is what I'm saying. Why do why do yeah. why, why do I have to watch everybody else get fluffed? They're catering <laughs> to everybody else who loves it for different reasons than you. What, what did know. they like? Dumb yuck yucks. Yeah, they do. Who really? They, they, and dude, they like they like right, well, let's, really let's laugh to, at that shit. Okay, the let's people. get to the IMDb. We'll find out what people think. <laughs> okay, Why don't we do that? Why, yes. If you guys put your money where your mouth is, Wade. Where, if oh. people like it that much, where do you think they they rank this yuck yuck fluff episode? I'm gonna put it at like an eight. Uh, I'm gonna put it at a seven point six. Both of you overshot. Oh, this ah. has got eight hundred and fifty-six votes. It's a seven point four. Ooh, oh. okay. Yeah, so, I, I I buy that because it is true that like like I said, it's not a consequential episode. It's fluff. So yeah, yeah. I mean, but it's they can have non-consequential episodes. Who gives a shit? But I feel like they did a big thing boringly. Like you yeah, know, it, I, it's I, fluff I, specifically for the shippers. I feel like, but it's, I'm it's saying I'm the, a shipper, and this wasn't what I wanted to see. You're not the same way that the shippers of Star Trek are, though. You're not representative. Of really, Star Trek. you think that 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 people want to see Odo and Kira in a closet and after and, 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 <laughs> well, and Bashir no, I mean, and I'm Odo about, like, like getting their like over the, a coal fire like the I'm, people that write erotic fan fiction and post it on Tumblr are the people I'm talking about I'm now. saying that people that write erotic fan fiction and post it on Tumblr wanted more from this episode because I wanted some more erotic shit from this episode are you but you're not the writer of that and I, I you're not those people I, don't I feel like you're it. making I I I feel like I I'm, don't make that judgment call I could be those people <laughs> you could be but I'm telling you, you're not. I text you once a week a X Men pitch for a story that, that could take place in the X Men universe. Yes, but I'm you're, not that much different than these. Specifically, one that's that's about sex too. So yes, let's yes. Yeah, but it's not a. It's not just sex. That's, no, no. I, I still say you're different than than the people that write erotic fanfic. I'm saying that I. I you're, <laughs> he's a, if he's you a branch talk on about, that tree, though. I think that's what. Yeah, he's I want to say if you want to uh, talk yeah. about Odo and Kira, you're right. I I don't give two shits about them. I don't give two shits about I mean, even though I love their lovely actors. If Cisco and Penny Johnson had a, like a like I don't give a shit or about their relationship, but I care about Cisco in other ways. But this was me. Like I was kind of bought in on this, and like I, I just wanted to like I was like no, I feel like I'm one of them. So I I don't know I that and it's it's a it's just a kind of a dumb episode to all around. Okay. It's, um. I know we've gone long, but okay. How would you do a like, bring back a? Oh my god! How would you fix it? Or oh, I don't know. I would make it about them interacting with each other, which is absolutely not what the episode is. I would have more. Than yeah, they really only <laughs> they have one. They scene really only together. have the one scene. 
The yeah. one scene that they have together is the one I like where they're... Where, yes. Yeah, because yeah, it's like a real relationship. Yeah, it's a good scene. So that's what I would do. Okay. I will say that six weeks from now, we have a good episode. <laughs> six weeks from now. Uh, and then six weeks after that, we have another good episode. So... All right. We have a great episode. Oh, to look forward to. Come on. Come on. Next week, don't we go don't we go to the we have a little bit of mirror universe action next week, right? We don't go there, no. but it comes to us. It comes to us <laughs> finally. <laughs> for all of those, uh for all of those Kira Barile shippers that right. feel a twinge uh, that need closure. I guess this I guess, I guess tune in this, next week. this show's for you. <laughs> Uh, all right. Oh my! Then I'm I'm spent. I ain't got nothing else to say. Uh, all right. <laughs> all right. Do you? Well, Wade, do you want to outro this bad boy? All right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we feel about this episode. Let us know what you feel about this or other shit and stuff and whatnot. Give us a call at nine one seven four zero eight three eight nine eight where. We will listen to you and tell you what we think about what you think. So, yeah, do that. And I promise we will put it out eventually. <laughs> yes. Yes. That is accurate. <laughs> All right. Oh, okay, our Patreon too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to support us, the show, and you, if you want to get additional audio and podcast and hear us talk about subjects other than Deep Space Nine... Uh, check out the Kickers of Elves Patreon page at patreon.com slash kickersofelves. And uh, for donors over there, we have a whole lot of extra audio uh, that we put out on subjects ranging from mm. Doom to Nanette to Rick and Morty and other Star Trek and Marvel movies, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Uh, maybe we'll get a, uh, a Star Trek novel thing up. Yeah, that's coming maybe up. Maybe by the time you listen to this. I'm sure it will. <laughs> yeah, so plenty of other stuff and, and also access to our Discord server. So if you want to do that, check it out at patreon.com slash kickers of L. You can hear my deuce takes and my Lodge 49 takes. <laughs> oh, yes. Both shows that we like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so do that. All right. And do all the other stuff that every other podcast wants you to do. Rate us on iTunes. That helps us out. And tell your friends and tell your enemies, tell your postal workers to all of them. All right. Thanks again for listening to the Rules of Acquisition. We hope you come back next week and join us for another episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. For Wade, James, and myself, three, two, beam out. Mm-hmm.